0: the for thy great plan, that we thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible brought to you by Living Stream ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21 year long crowning work the Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, As Christians today, we likely take it for granted that anyone, despite their background or race, can freely take the salvation afforded by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. But it wasn't always that way. The opening of the door of the gospel to the Gentiles or non-Jewish world was a significant and difficult transition in God's move on the earth. We will consider this key turning point in God's move on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and based upon the ministry of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee. We have recorded portions today from Witness Lee's 1985 Life Study of Acts. And Francis Ball is with us to examine a very significant event in the long history of God's move on the earth. Francis, this uh, really is an interesting picture today from the book of Acts, isn't it?
2: Yes, very interesting and inspiring
1: Francis, we've seen that the marvelous opening of the gospel of life to the Gentile world was by Peter speaking in the house of Cornelius to him and to his household. And the Spirit fell on them just as it had on the Jewish believers in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. During Peter's account of what happened when he was telling the brothers in Jerusalem, he was put under a serious examination, I would say even a kind of scrutiny by the brothers there, Uh, It even says that they disputed with him. Why was this opening of the gospel to the Gentiles such a difficult thing for even the apostles and the brothers in the church in Jerusalem?
2: Well, we have to really go back to the Old Testament and see what kind of preparation there was for God to get the Jewish people, Israel, to be His chosen people throughout the whole Old Testament. And the law given by Moses to them at that time really set them apart as a people and this became to them not just a law given by Moses but became their practice. It had a lot to do with their uh, circumcision, Sabbath keeping, and the particular kind of diet and they considered the Gentiles as unclean. Now the whole scene has come to another point and Christ has come, been crucified, been resurrected, and these Jewish believers in Christ now have been gathered at Jerusalem according to the Lord's word to them. They should wait there until they receive power, until they receive the Holy Spirit which was promised by the Father. So we have to realize what a situation this is. They are the ones that were God's chosen people. They had kept all these ordinances and even made them a very Judaistic religion not just a revelation, but a religion now. And for them to uh, share what they had seen and what they had, uh, had revealed to them with Gentiles was almost out of the question. The early church was made up of just the Jewish believers. They were the believers in Christ, but they had that tremendous background. And even they had been saturated and constituted with the Old Covenant, with the Old Testament Covenant. And even not only that, but it had become degraded into a religion which separated them even more and kept them from having any kind of contact with these Gentile dogs. So that's the situation. And when it comes to bringing the gospel to the Gentiles, oh, this is almost unheard of. But God worked in such a marvelous way, as I believe we've seen before in previous programs, to bring miraculously bring a Gentile seeking out Peter to bring the gospel to his house. So this is a a real shock. And once Peter followed that leading, he was really under a vision that the Lord had given him even against his will. It was hard for Peter to accept this. As a matter of fact, when the Lord showed him this great sheet sent down from the heavens and on it was all kinds of animals and wild beasts and serpents and birds of the heaven and so on. And this voice, as it says in Acts 11, told him to rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter, we know his history through the Gospels. And here he is again. Not so, Lord, is his answer. Nothing unclean has ever come into my mouth. But the Lord worked at that same time to bring some men from Cornelius' house in a miraculous way. And Peter had to go with them. So this is the scene. Peter had to really swallow all his tradition and go preach the gospel to these Gentiles. And then he gets called on the carpet, so to speak, by the other Jewish believers back in Jerusalem.
1: As you said, it's an inspiring scene. Because without this whole sequence, uh, you and I might not be here, Francis. That's very true. If God had, in His economy and in His dispensation, continued His work only with uh, the Israelites, the chosen people of the Old Testament dispensation, there would be no way for us. If
2: we don't read the book of Acts in this light, we really miss something. It's not just a history book. There's revelation here that really shows how God's Word spread according to His promise in Acts one eight, where He said, You shall be witnesses unto me, and goes on to the uttermost part of the earth, which includes the Gentiles.
1: Well we have the Word and we also have the ministry that has been uh, such a magnificent help in opening it up to us as we've been continuing on in these Life Study messages of Acts. Let's go to it Witness Lee for today's first portion.
0: This book is very dispensational. Why? In this book there is a great transfer accomplished in a period of transition. They are transfer was from the Old Testament economy. This word, dispensation, means God has an arrangement, a household government, a family administration. This is what we call God's economy. The transfer in this book was from God's Old Testament arrangement, all together of figures, types, shadows and prophecies. To God's New Testament arrangement. The Old Testament arrangement of God was nothing as kind of reality. It was altogether a shadow, waiting for the fulfillment. Then the triumph God came to be a man. So a great transfer began from God's incarnation to the time of the Pentecost. The transfer was fully accomplished and completed. I said, rule all the shadow things should have been over. But the persons God chose and God used were out of the Old Testament dispensation. They were saturated with the old things. So with them, it was a hard thing to uh, drop, to uh, forsake the old things this was why that even with persons like Peter, when he received this vision of the great seed, and he saw all the unclean animals, and he heard the Lord's word, slay and eat. And he answered, no, Lord, no. But this you can see, here's a man chosen and used by the Lord to carry out his New Testament economy after the transfer. But this man was so much saturated with the old things of the old dispensation.
1: Francis, we come again to this topic of the dispensational transfer in the book of Acts. Uh, We've looked at this matter briefly before, but it is crucial now in this passage... Review for us again, what is the dispensational transfer that God is accomplishing in Acts?
2: Well, you could say it's a transfer from shadow to reality. The Old Testament is full of shadows, figures, prophecies, types, but not in the reality. When God became a man, this transfer began the transfer out of the shadow and out of the prophecies and the figures. Of course, we love the Old Testament. We praise the Lord that we have an Old Testament with the New Testament. But the Old Testament dispensation was according to the law given through Moses. And it has to do with exposing man for what he is and showing God for who he is. So even the Ten Commandments, which are so commonly known among so many people, show what kind of God He is, holy, righteous, and full of glory. But it also exposes man. And He gave this law to a group of people under the ideal conditions to make them see that they cannot do it themselves. They cannot save themselves. They cannot attain to the victory that they want by themselves. This is a law given to a people so that no people have any excuse—a people under God's blessing, under God's keeping power, under God's revelation through the Old Testament—but without the Spirit of life in them. So when we get to the New Testament, there's another emphasis entirely. Now it's not the emphasis of the law, but the emphasis of grace. And grace has to do with life impartation—putting life, the God God's life, into human beings. So this transfer is a tremendous thing in the book of Acts. For years, I never saw Acts as a transfer. I saw it as a history book to tell us how the church got started and how it spread. And this is true too. But it is not the basic and intrinsic matter. The intrinsic matter in the book of Acts is a transition from the old dispensation to the new dispensation. And the new dispensation is the dispensation of grace. Chris, I believe many Christians read the New Testament and apply the Old Testament principle of trying to keep a certain kind of law, either our self-made law or we make the words of Jesus a law instead of life. And this is really a big transfer. And we were caught so much by history into the Old Covenant that it's a very big thing to be transferred out of that Old Covenant concept and into the New. The dispensation of God's grace, of His imparting and dispensing His very life and nature into the believers. This is a glorious transfer. And I hope we could all get into this transfer so that all the epistles that follow Acts would be so full of life to us, imparting the divine nature into our being.
1: Francis, as you said, this is a view that if we can enter in, and our listeners will enter in, it changes the dynamic of the book of Acts, and as you said, casts the backdrop for the following epistles in a way that really makes God's light much more easy to receive as we get into these books uh, that are following the book of Acts. This dispensational transfer may have begun in the book of Acts in that time period, but as you've alluded to, I'm not sure it's completed even today. I think we're still in it to some degree.
2: That's right. We're still in it.
1: Francis, let's rejoin Witness Lee.
2: The
0: Lord knew all the things, so the Lord sent an angel. Not only gave Peter a vision, but also the angel to carry out this New Testament economy. Even after this, Peter became very weak. After the house of Colinus, Peter was eating with gentle believers. But once some brothers came from James in Jerusalem. And Peter exercised hypocrisy. Peter dared not to eat with the Gentile believers openly before the brothers coming down from James in Jerusalem. It's really hard. This is all about what? About the matter of dispensation. In the so-called theological study of the Bible, there is this term, dispensational theology. This book is very dispensational, you know, when and why the Lord Jesus said the word in 1.8, he was when the disciples asked him, Lord, is this the time for you to restore the kingdom of Israel? Then the Lord answered, you just wait till you receive the power from on high. You receive the spirit. You'll be my witnesses. Firstly, in Jerusalem, Then in Judea, the Lord went home. How about Samaria? Oh. (laughs) Then how about to the utmost part of the world? Those 120 heard verse 8. Didn't they hear? Just in that simple verse, the Lord indicated. You have to break through. I will use you as my witnesses not only among the Jews in Jerusalem and in all Judea, but also among the Gentiles in Samaria and even to the other part of the earth. The revelation was there already. Didn't Peter hear this? He heard. And today the same. But to hear the thing is one thing. To realize and to get into the thing is another. Peter heard one, eight. But now the Lord is fulfilling eight. The Lord has fulfilled eight concerning Samaria by Philip. Philip evangelized Samaria and brought a number of Samaritans into the body of Christ. Now the Lord wanted to go further. Right? The Lord took his tab already from Jerusalem and Judea to Samaria. The Lord was going to take another giant step to go to the Gentile world. But Peter wouldn't agree.
1: Francis, it was one thing for the apostles to understand and even acknowledge the dispensational transfer from a doctrinal point of view. But it was quite another thing for them to be brought into the experience of this transfer, wasn't it?
2: this transfer according to experience is quite another thing from just seeing that there was a change in dispensations. Some people have made a great deal out of the different dispensations that have been identified in the Bible. But we need to see that to be transferred out of that dispensation that the Jews were in, the children of Israel were in, into the present dispensation was not an easy thing for them to experience. And I'm afraid too many times we have treated the gospel as though it is a law put upon us that we need to try to keep. And that's the real crux of the difference between the two. The law was to try to keep according to their understanding, but actually it was to reveal who God is and who we are. We are sinners that need a Savior. So when Christ came, this was a change of the whole dispensation. And to experience Him in our daily living and to be saved, not only by being reconciled to God and, and forgiven of our sins, but to be saved in his life. This is really the point of the whole transfer, to bring us experientially out of the old law of doing into the dispensation of grace and love.
1: Francis, your word reminded me of the verse in... Uh... Romans chapter 5 verse 10 that we have been reconciled through his death but much more we shall be saved in his life. Right. We really need this transfer.
2: We do. Amen.
1: That's really the focus of our final portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Peter went to Cornelius' house. He took six brothers. I don't believe Peter knew the principle of the body. The Lord never told Peter, when you go, you take six brothers with you. And Cornelius didn't invite, saying, Simon Peter, how you come? We'd like to invite some of your friends. The six were taken by Chicken Peter. (laughs) Today, I would give good credit to Peter, saying Peter kept the prince of the body. But when we see him, he would say, "What I did was just a protection. I dare not to go there just by myself <laughs> then the Jewish brother will just devour me. So I took six with me. Even Peter took the six with him to Jerusalem. You <laughs> he know he'll be condemned, he 'll be troubled. there will be a san High court, and he was the witness of Jesus Christ and the six were his witnesses. He was clever. Now, Peter went back to Jerusalem, and the dear saints in Jerusalem heard about what happened in uh, Caesarea, what Peter did in the house of Cornelius. So, among the Jewish believers, some were of circumcision. They resolved the question, Peter, you took the lead to eat with the uncircumcised. What is this? Let me read to you. Chapter 11. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision disputed with him, saying, you went in to men who are uncircumcised and ate with them. And Peter explained to them in sequence. He was very nice. He was not that bold. Then he concluded in verse 16, And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized in water, but you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the word in five. Peter said, Remember the word. If God therefore gave to them the equal gift, as also to us, having believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? Very good that I could forbid God. Very good presentation. This is also a pattern. Then, when they heard the things, their mouths all got muddled. Then, also, to the Gentiles, God has given repentance unto life to surprise them. Actually, they should not have been surprised because in chapter 1, 8, the Lord just told them already, From Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, to the remotest part of the earth. That was the Lord's commandment. But they didn't realize. Then they said, then what shall we do? What can we say? Then also to the Gentiles, God has given repentance unto life. You must see in this book, The strongest point is the matter of dispensation. Dispensation means here is the need of great transfer. The turn from the old dispensation to the new. The early church, even with all the apostles, including Peter, they didn't pass through this transitional period successfully. Actually, there was a great failure that forced God to let Titus come to destroy the entire Jerusalem and the temple with the entire Jewish religion. And that also terminated the mixture of uh, Jewish religion with so-called Christianity.
1: Francis, I'm intrigued by the wording in verse 18 of chapter 11. Peter ultimately succeeded in convincing the brothers in Jerusalem that the Gentile world represented by Cornelius had received salvation and the gospel. And then the brothers uttered this word, Then also to the Gentiles God has given repentance unto life. Francis, this word life. It's interesting that we didn't hear repentance unto forgiveness This reveals something very significant, doesn't it?
2: It really does. Too many people hearing the gospel of Christ only pick up this aspect of forgiveness because naturally we are fallen creatures, we are sinful people, and we like to be forgiven. But here, reference is made to the repentance unto life. Not only forgiveness, but unto life. That is very, very significant. In our preaching of the gospel, We only appeal to people because they need forgiveness. But what they really need is life, the divine life, the life of God, the uncreated life, even the eternal life, which is Jesus Christ himself. According to John's Gospel, verse 6 in chapter 14, the Lord Jesus there said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then also in John 11, he says of Himself, I am the resurrection and the life. So, this life is not just an act of forgiveness. This life is the imparting of Christ Himself as life into the believers. And this brings not only salvation from our sins to make us forgiven, but salvation from death to bring us life. So, He's a living God, and now because of His death and resurrection, He's a life giving Spirit. So this one who is life is now dwelling in the believers.
1: Francis, from time to time, uh, listeners or interested people will ask us, why do you call it a life study? I think what we just saw here is a perfect example of that. This matter of the divine life uh, from the Gospel of John and beyond, and actually as we've already seen now, even in the Old Testament books, uh, going back to Genesis, this is the silver thread that runs through the entire divine revelation and this ministry uh, had such a capacity to identify and refocus us from stage to stage or stopping point to stopping point, book by book, uh, to bring us back to the matter of life. It's it's really a marvelous, revel- it's the marvelous revelation in scripture isn't it Francis?
2: I think that's the outstanding unique matter in the ministry of Watchman Knee and Brother Lee. They brought us to life not just to get saved from sin and going to perdition, and not just live a happy life, but to live God's life, to have God himself in Christ as life to us.
1: Francis, thank you once again for being with us today. And again, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's five four three three seven eight eight, And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121 in Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. So for Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.